This is Abe's ukulele podcast. I'm Abe, and this is my podcast. If you are a new listener, welcome. This is a podcast for players and teachers of the ukulele to get better at playing and teaching the ukulele. If you're a returning listener, thank you for coming back. Welcome. This is a very special episode. This is two of five, and uh, it's covering the Allegheny Ukulele Soiree. It's a wonderful ukulele festival that happens in the Allegheny Mountains of Pennsylvania, and it's nestled right on the side of a mountain in the middle of a forest, and it was a beautiful experience. I am so grateful to the crew there that puts it on, that invited me to put this together. Today's episode will be an interview with Craig Chi and Sarah Mizell, two awesome performers and teachers that were at the soiree. And um, first, I have some huge news. My first studio album came out on May 1st. I'm surprised I didn't mention it here, but um, you can hear it at ukuleleabe.com. And um, it's especially important because I talk about it in the interview. It comes up. The first song, Find, is the song that I talk about there when we go over what the ukulele is really good at. Anyway, as you know, or you may not know, it's something I'm always really interested in, um, the sound of the ukulele and how it is really unique and what it really shines at. Um, So anyway, without further ado, here is the interview. Craig loves collaboration and has enjoyed working with artists such as Aldrine Guerrero and Aaron Nakamura, Rio Montgomery, Abe Lagrimas Jr., The Quiet American, and his wife, Sarah Mizell. Currently, he and Sarah Mizell travel as a duo, performing and teaching ukulele all over the globe, including Australia, the UK, Canada, Japan, and across the US. From workshops to individual lessons, Craig has been teaching throughout the past six years and couldn't be happier. Craig often remarks, if I'm not playing at any given moment, I hope to be teaching. Craig hopes to continue to travel and share his passion for the ukulele and expand on how people view the instrument. In 2006, Sarah was introduced to the ukulele and renewed her passion for music. Studying under Frank Leong, Sarah dove into the jazz stylings of Golden Age Hawaii songs and arrangements. She focused her time and effort working on jazz standards and arrangements. Since her humble beginnings, Sarah has become a world traveler with her performing partner and husband, Craig Chi. Both perform and teach ukulele all over the globe, including Australia, the UK, Canada, Japan, and across the United States. They were also featured on the cover of Ukulele Magazine and are proud of their online ukulele school with Artist Works. With all of this, for Sarah, her greatest joy is sharing music with her students. So I'm here at the Allegheny Ukulele Soiree, and I'm now sitting with... Craig Chi and Sarah Mizell. Thanks for doing this, guys. Our pleasure. Yeah, we're excited. Um, 
So just to give a little of a background, I first heard you guys playing two more better ukuleles. Mm. All right. I believe it was your Hawaiian way. Uh-huh. And I was just blown away. Aww. I'd never heard of you before. And then you played these. Oh, my gosh. The the link to the video will be in the description. But <laughs> I was, was like, I was nervous. Those ukes were so expensive. Oh, my gosh. Like, I was like, incredible, right? And they were already bought. <laughs> yeah. So it was oh, like, okay. don't scratch them. <laughs> don't play too hard. Yeah. Right? It was definitely scary. Don't use a pick. Oh Absolutely gosh. not. Oh, you know? geez. Oh, man. But anyway, that video, um, That's. I feel like that's something that, I should hear more on the ukulele, but I don't. Mm. I hear like 21 pilots or <laughs> other things. And it's not that they're terrible, but, you know, when I think of the ukulele, it's like, what, what is special about it? Mm-hmm. And that comes up. Um, so anyway, well, thank you just so you. if you don't know who these guys are, you should. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so I want to talk to you about ukuleles. Obviously, I say this every time. It sounds silly, but... You guys teach a lot, mm. right? Oh, gosh, yes. How <laughs> how did you get sucked into that? And how does that balance with performing? Hmm. You want to start? Um, let's see. So uh, we both, we're both very passionate teachers. And I know uh, for myself, even before the ukulele I was teaching, mm-hmm. I worked at UCSD and okay. I, was, I was staff, but I still worked with the students. Um, mm-hmm. I worked in the costume shop actually and mm. uh, made patterns and things for the grad students for their costumes. Uh-huh. And, um, but still you're like teaching them about fabrics and just, and being able to share uh, passion is something that uh, I know both Craig and I are, very passionate about mm-hmm. it's uh teaching is just it's it's so much fun and to watch somebody with music in particular to be able to watch someone who never thought they could do it mm-hmm. all of a sudden they can mm. is just an amazing feeling and i it's, it's one of those i feel like a proselytizer because i just like <laughs> i just want to i want to teach everybody because um it's something where so many people think music is an attainable oh there's no way oh i'm mm-hmm. tone deaf oh i'm this and it's like mm-hmm. no you can do it just mm. put your finger here you'll be fine on this instrument and strum oh look you can now play a bajillion songs <laughs> Yeah. 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 Well, short story long, it was, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, grew up in Hawaii, but Mm -hmm. really didn't play ukulele. I played cello and piano. Mm -hmm. And when I got accepted to the University of Oregon, there was about a year where I knew, like, I wanted to take up something more fun than a cello. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I picked up the uke. And back then, it, there wasn't a lot of great instruction. A lot Mm -hmm. of it was like, watch me do this and that's how you do it. You know, and, and <laughs> right. it, it, nothing was like, you know, especially compared to like the classical instruments where everything is just meticulously Suzuki laid out. Suzuki method. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, you know, so I, 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 was, I was, ended up teaching some private lessons in Eugene, Oregon um, while I was going to college. And I just kept thinking of ways to make it more approachable rather than just say, do what I do, you know. And mm-hmm. um, when I got to study under uh, Jake for a little bit, it really opened my eyes that you could take all this classical training and adapt it to the yeah. ukulele. And, and and I never, for some reason, I never really connected the two worlds before. And so now a lot of my instructional stuff is very like exercise based. It's very, you know, mm-hmm. you know what, you know, what things to practice to just to make you more comfortable on the instrument and, and give you a chance to actually understand why you're doing certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first jumped into the circuit, you know, you, you said about the balance between teaching and, and performing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was obvious right away that there was something 
incredibly special about these events. And it wasn't just to come out and watch performances, but everyone wanted to learn more. They wanted to get better. They mm -hmm. wanted to play. Yeah. And so I realized right away that, you know, the teaching was going to be a huge thing moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, both of us took a lot of time to yeah. really develop, you know, workshops that would be interesting and, 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 and be able to help bring people to a, yeah. a different level. And workshops that build on each other, because I know both Craig and I will have, um, you know, if you take, you know, for example, if you take my doo-wop workshop, you're, you're ready to go for the jazz workshop right mm. after because there's, we tend to do correlations and mm -hmm. even to each other's workshops, mm. I'll even point out and say, Oh, do you, do, how many of you took Craig's boot camp? Mm -hmm. Oh, did you, did you notice that this mm -hmm. finger motion is a lot like that exercise that he teaches? Mm. Because I always feel it's important to, um, bring things back around mm -hmm. uh, so that people will go, oh, that's why, you know, that exercise is important. Oh, mm. oh, I see how these, because with music, it's very, most of the time, it's very logical and it's interconnected. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to show folks how those connections are made because then uh, their playing will get exponentially better yeah. and they'll just, they'll understand, mm. which is pretty darn awesome. Yeah. Music is, uh, I think about the days where I don't listen to music at all. And it's very <laughs> strange. It's like, they're very rare. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I teach students in a classroom and it's kind of like one of the basic things you always have to deal with is why am I learning music? And it's like, well, I could talk forever about why yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically it's amazing. You're not going to be a professional and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's so valuable. Yeah. Um, so you guys have two awesome, well, you have many awesome sounding workshops, but there's, <laughs> there's two workshops that you're doing here that really caught my eye because I'm always really interested in this. Um, of course, there's intro to soloing. Who doesn't want to do that? Mm -hmm. um, the two ridiculously simple music theory. <laughs> yes. And, don't, don't you um, love the title of that? It's I the do. longest Ridicu title. Craig's ridiculously simple music theory. Um, That's actually the short That's version. That's the short version, yeah. yeah. It's, oh, there's, there's what's a, the long... Craig's ridiculously non-intimidating. It's going to be just fine. Intro to music theory for ukulele. For ukulele, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that works. That works. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's very inviting. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, so, could you talk about that a little bit? Like, what is where? How do I learn music theory on the ukulele? Well, yeah, as you know, a lot of these festivals, we have people that come with so many backgrounds of mm -hmm. just music knowledge, and mm -hmm. so what I try to do is is break down. You know, using a, a you know, a piano pretty much and, and mm -hmm. how it relates to what we're doing on the ukulele. And, um, you know, Sarah had a, had a good analogy and, and the main thing for some people to kind of come into terms with a fretted instrument at first is to think of each string being its own piano, mm -hmm. starting from uh -huh. different a places. different part in the piano. And so you, if wow. you layer those four up, you're just hitting one note on each keyboard mm -hmm. to make your chord. Yeah. Oh. Um, so little things like that and how... Um, you know, why scales are important and how they relate to melodies mm -hmm. and, and, and how you make them. Yeah. And so we're, we're kind of diving into just that very introduction and just to get people a little bit more knowledgeable of, you know, why this chord is a major chord, you know, mm -hmm. and what they're actually playing and how, uh, you know, a major triad is played with four strings. So that means yeah. there's one, you know, note that's going to be repeated. And a lot of people are like, oh, I didn't realize, you know, but little <laughs> things that just to yeah. help yeah. open their eyes and, and, and give them a nice nudge to learn more because you know, like you know the more you know the more articulate the more uh, creativity you have in your mm -hmm. playing just 
because you have yeah. more options to, to play mm. with. And so many people are just, I mean, the reason why the title is that kind of title is mm-hmm. because so many people get, they hear the word theory and they, yeah. they cover their ears and run and go, <laughs> la, 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 la. But it's... I don't need this. Yeah. And it's actually, and the thing I love about that particular class is Craig is able to break it down in, in ways that everyone leaves going, oh, yeah, I could totally transpose to a different key now. Like, mm. and you just trying to show it in a way that isn't daunting and Mm -hmm. fun and make it fun so that then they'll a remember it and b Mm -hmm. they'll actually be able to use it Mm -hmm. because that's the thing when you're first i remember my first instruments classical violin Mm -hmm. and i remember my i didn't really learn a lot of theory actually it was really just play these dots yeah and you're like like just sight read this yeah, and, and it's you're like, following the page why yeah. am i doing that and they're like just play yeah. it okay <laughs> you know so it's funny the uke actually i feel has made i don't know about you uh craig but i know for me it that's where i've learned all my theory yeah because mm. i'm like i want to know why Hmm. So I actually totally like dove in and did private theory lessons and mm. stuff when I was first playing the oh, uke because yeah? I was like, I want to know. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's awesome. Do you guys still play violin and cello? So she actually whipped out a violin I last violin night last um, for yeah. one oh, okay. of Danielle's songs and I jumped on bass. Um, but we will sometimes travel with violin and cello just to add, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, we just started getting back into it, which is nice. Yes. Oh, Though, awesome. can I tell my... Can I tell a story? Sure. Okay. So. Love stories. So, my darling husband, I pull out my violin and I'm practicing and it had been a few years since I played mm-hmm. and you know, that's fine. I'm playing, it's practicing away. Oh, man. You know, it wasn't my best, but it also wasn't like my absolute worst. Yeah. So I'm practicing away, having a great time, remembering different things and, um, this, I think it was a couple of years ago when this happened. And uh, the next day, a box came. Like and Craig's 12 like, hours later. Yeah. Prime wow. Now. Prime Now happened. Okay. And a box arrives. And Craig's like, oh, honey, I bought you something. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. I open it. It's a mute oh. for my violin. <laughs> and I looked at it and I was like, hmm. I didn't think I was that bad. And honestly, like... I, I died laughing. It was hilarious. The real reason for it really is we live in an apartment and mm-hmm. violins are obnoxiously loud. So loud, yeah. it really was for the neighbors, mm-hmm. but I, I just <laughs> enjoy telling that story. <laughs> I got you story. something, sweetheart. Yeah. Well, you know, you could take it the wrong way. But <laughs> yes, but I love that. It's one. all for you. <laughs> it's also for me, but <laughs> yes. yeah. Yes. But yeah, sorry to go off topic. I just wanted no, to no, share that's that. A, that's totally relevant. Um, <laughs> One of the best things about the uke, especially for me, uh, coming from trying to teach recorders, Hmm. is when you mess up, nobody's going to, you know, (laughs) nobody's ears hurt. So that's that's nice. Bless you. I mean, recorders are, I don't want to diss them, but I I only have bad things to say about them. I know. Uh, They sound great when they're played well and they're not super cheap. But anyway. We're getting off topic. Yes. No, no, but that's, that's, oh, yeah, man, it, does, it does make a heck of a difference. I, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. also the ability to do multiple things with the you compared to the recording yeah, you when you start. Is, yeah, and that's a huge, well, and play a huge the, bonus. The kids want to play songs they know, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah, you can throw them in on you can play Believer, yeah. Imagine Dragons. Right? That's yeah. like right, that's our jam. Right? Yeah. Taylor yeah. Swift <laughs> can't do Taylor Swift. Well, you guess shake you could. It off. I did shake it off. Nice. And I, ch- I I got some kids playing drums on it. You know the <gasps> yeah. But I can't good. imagine that on recorder. No, uh, not so I mean, much. you can do cool stuff, but 
I, I feel like it's more specific towards a concert musician track, yeah. which is, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I played marimba in college. Ooh. Uh, I was thrown on it. I didn't have any experience with it. So that's where my theory comes from is the, the keyboard. Nice. Yeah. Um, but, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I noticed right after your simple theory, you have intro to soloing. Is that yes. they build off of each they other? Do. So the intro to soloing workshop. Um, everybody wants to know how to solo. Uh, <laughs> I heard this amazing tip from uh, Zanuck Lindsay. Mm. Uh, he was on the Ukulele Site podcast, and he was talking about, and somehow I'd never heard this all my years of trying to learn how to solo. Learn the melody first. Yep. Oh, yeah. And then just change one thing. And I know I have mm. done that. I've played that myself, but I never really thought of it that way. Learn the melody mm. and then just change yeah. something. And, yeah. and then, well, that's the easiest way to know that it'll fit. Because yeah. right? so I always tell people, you know, try to play what you would sing during that time. Mm-hmm. And just like how great singers will vary uh, yeah. their, their their melody a little bit, mm-hmm. saying that's exactly, mm-hmm. you know, it is your voice at that point. Yeah. Totally. That's awesome. So is that basically we the talk idea? Ab- well, we talk <laughs> about that, but but well, here's the thing, too. I, I talk about fills and I talk about how, you know, all the all the fills, all the great souls that we hear are always selective notes within mm-hmm. the scale, within the key. Yeah. And so I have some a lot of drills that kind of have like one variable at a time that changes, and mm-hmm. you have to, you they input their own notes you know, that that they choose from the scale, and we play it together, and we say, mm-hmm. okay, now you know random notes work, but here's where we start to develop a theme or mm-hmm. a pattern, and then that's how, mm-hmm. then we we see mm-hmm. how it sounds, and so we kind of go through trial and error and how to practice mm. and how to challenge yourself to kind of create uh, more than just the melody. Mm. Okay, that's awesome. So speaking of practice, mm. um, what does practice time look for you, look like for you? Really it, random. It used to be a lot of hours a day. Now that we, mm-hmm. we uh, the past two years have been so insane. I mean, mm-hmm. we, or th- three, it, it, it's a blur. Yeah. <laughs> Because I like mm-hmm. even just last year we flew over a hundred thirty five thousand miles wow. for festivals. It was just, Whee. it was a lot of time on the road, um, and all the downtime we have our parties typically to catch up with our online students. Our, mm-hmm. uh, we have an online school that yeah. we, we teach with artist works, um, but it's like practice time now is <laughs> yes <laughs> between events that were like. Mm-hmm. You know, like last night we we practiced with uh, Danielle for a song tonight, and uh, little things like that. Where that that's the only time we we get to, mm-hmm. to kind of work through stuff. Yeah. yeah, when we're home, I tend to I tend to be the early riser, mm-hmm. and so I'll get up with my tea and I'll have a uke, and I I practice um, typically in the early morning, um, and it's usually in little fifteen minute bursts, mm. which usually is actually really. I, you know, I always tell my students to, you know, the 15, 20 minutes throughout the day mm-hmm. is always better than like that Saturday's five hour marathon. Yeah. Of practice. Yes. It sets in more if it's yeah. consistent. Well, like, like anything, like, like, you know, uh, like track, it, you know, it's the daily routine mm-hmm. is that, that, that warm up and, and a little bit every day rather than just that one day a week that you do something is, you know, it and is a very a few days physical off. thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, that's, I, I tell people you just. You know, scales, you don't have to practice three hours a day in scales. Just yeah. do it up and down one oh, time a day. Yeah. And that's it. And just, you know, and it adds up. You it's start to get more up. familiar and <laughs> yeah. just leave it. Yeah. yeah. And the biggest thing, too, is we always have instruments out. Like mm-hmm. I have stands next. I have uke stands next to the computer because that's mm-hmm. usually in the morning. I'm like checking emails or whatever. And so I'll sit 
Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, run through various things I need to run through and then put it down and drink some tea. And, Mm. but it, it it really is. And so then throughout the day, if I'm at my desk, Mm -hmm. my uke is next to me and then I'll just pick it up and play it for a little bit. Mm. So it's true life of uke. Oh yeah. You, (laughs) yes. That's great. That sounds awesome. So, um, another workshop you are putting together here is life after the third fret. Yes. Um, I am, I love being able to go past the third fret myself, yeah. whether it's, you know, the whatever chord, um, you know, that there's a G seven that is basically the F seven moved up and then yep. you can go higher to a seven. It's like, why would you play four finger a seven when you can play one? I love exploring like, how does it sound different? How does it mm-hmm. work? So what, what do you go over in uh, your so workshop? That life after the third fret one is one where I actually go over uh, talking about using different substitution chords. The idea mm-hmm. behind that class was um, everybody, a lot of these folks play in uke clubs and groups. And mm-hmm. my thought is <clears throat> for those that are ready for more of a challenge, I want to give them some options that they can actually play at their group mm-hmm. that won't give them the stink eye from their table mates <laughs> so um, that they can continue learning and continue adding and help enhance the sound of the group. Mm-hmm. So I talk about playing, you know, in different positions. Like mm-hmm. when you, for example, if you have a C chord, you can play the C where you know and love it. You can play mm-hmm. what suspiciously looks like B flat, but on the third mm-hmm. fret, you can move up. To what suspiciously looks Wait, like are F you on the seventh. The, the movable shapes in yours? No, I'm not. No, okay, because no, no, no. I'm gonna do it. My, I'm gonna do it. My Don't intro. Don't take your to, stuff. Well, no, because <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I was gonna say I was gonna. We um, coordinate. Yeah, because I'm no, probably gonna do it in the intro to theory one where um, yeah, no. it's all you know four movable shapes for every mm-hmm. type of chord, and yeah. that's so you actually people know it already. They just yeah, you know they start don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the other thing in that class that I talk about a bit more than the other positions is actually playing like. C major six Mm. instead of C Mm -hmm. playing a minor seven instead of a minor Um, playing dominant nine chords instead of dominant seven. They sound daunting at first, Mm -hmm. but then a lot of times they can be easier than the original. Mm. So going through and and saying, you know, these will sound good with your neighbor. Why don't you try playing that at the jam instead of playing, Mm -hmm. you know, play C six instead of C, Mm -hmm. um, see how you can enhance the sound of the group. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I end up splitting us into three parts in the class. Mm. And we all, and each part plays, there's the base part, okay. the basic one, and then there's the different position, and then there's the extension one. And mm. um, it sounds really pretty together. So the I mm-hmm. trying to give the idea of you don't need to play the same thing as your neighbor. In fact, it'll sound better if you don't. Mm-hmm. So try out these new chords. And I stole this line from um, our good friend, Brian Tolentino, but you bought all of the frets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you should use them. Yeah. So that's, and so I go into that mm-hmm. as well. There's a, uh, I believe it's a Mexican instrument. It's got five frets and five strings. <gasps> Ooh. Have you seen one of those? No. Oh, they're that, cool. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah, the, the anyway, they it's I think it's just for chords. I don't think they usually use it for melody or anything, but yeah. it's just an interesting idea cuz you can see the fretboard and it's all blank and then there's five frets. It's very short, but yeah. um I got to find that. That's awesome. I'm not actually sure exactly what it's called. It's got five strings though. Okay. Um but yeah, you can look into cool. that. Don't don't leave the ukulele. You've invested <laughs> too much. Um so uh talking about like that idea of 
playing different things with the same chord. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could talk about how you play together mm-hmm. and how you don't step on each other's toes. <laughs> I know that you, Craig, sometimes use a different tuning, so that's one way. But how do you how do you go through that, like playing the same thing but also not the same thing? So I mean, it really depends on the song. I mean, so there will be times where. Some songs I'm literally only playing like one chord on the downbeat mm-hmm. of the, you know, on the one, and yeah. um, and and or she's holding down the rhythm and I'm just doing fills, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's there has to be a balance because you know thinking about not only vocally how do we sing together, but when you add the instruments in, it, you know, it's all a conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's all about that back and forth, that that rhythm between mm-hmm. the two, whether it's vocally or instrumentally without you like you said stepping on each other's toes you're like i'm not going to interrupt her you yeah. know and, and that kind of thing and uh one of the most you know best things to do is, is you know record and see where things actually do kind of line up or when things mm-hmm. kind of are a little messy and you need to separate that a little bit more yeah. um, but a lot of it is trial and error and a lot of it is figuring out if we want you know it, it depends on the roles too because like i said like sometimes one of us will just have the role of rhythm Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's a lot of arrangements that we did, like Restless, where we're actually both doing licks at the same licks time. at the same time, just oh. harmonies wise, and, and that's, that's a lot cool. of fun. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it really, I, I, we love arranging with that in mind because it, mm-hmm. it does make it a lot more enjoyable rather than just the same chords, the same strum, and and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, and the two different tunings that we use because we'll we some we switch instruments a lot on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the standard high G tuning, and then we have it's reentrant baritone tuning. Mm-hmm. I love that DGBE, but with that high D, mm-hmm. um, and it's on a tenor uke because yeah. we were <laughs> we're uke we're so spoiled uke players because <laughs> we're like I don't to carry a baritone it's so big and the drummer's like yeah whatever right <laughs> or the bass player like uh-huh i have but, so much gear <laughs> right but um but just to make life easier for yeah. travel we mm-hmm. we came up we worked with ghs to get a custom set uh made for a tenor that is mm-hmm. that reinsurance yeah. well it's nice baritone. about that too is that the the frets are all the same so it's not like you're you're having to yeah. adapt to a different scale length or anything mm-hmm. it's just yeah. Sure. yeah and um so we do we we switch a lot with that and every now and then we do actually on occasion have to watch each other's voicings mm-hmm. because once if he if he's playing that uh the baritone tuning um when he gets past the fifth fret then he is a little bit he mm-hmm. is in the range of the other instrument yeah. so on occasion we will have to kind of say oh during this part mm-hmm. um get back down yeah, can you can you play down? <laughs> yeah, but the, typically, yeah, we'll watch each other. If she goes higher down the fretboard, I'll go right. down, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. But then you can kind of feel that that motion yeah. uh, right. happen. So it's it's not it will, and the more you play with someone, the more you mm-hmm. start to recognize what, what they're gonna do. Yeah, anticipate yeah. a little you bit more. Always do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's great though because then you can look at it and be like, oh, sweet, oh, okay, he's gonna do that thing. I'll mm-hmm. make sure that I'm down here doing something mm-hmm. complimentary to whatever mm-hmm. yeah. said thing is. So it's actually kind of nice when you've played with someone for so long because you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah. and that, that's one workshop we, we sometimes will do together, a, a group play workshop mm-hmm. where we talk about just how to find different roles uh, yeah. in, in your playing. And that's yeah. always nice. Because there's more people like creating uh, different like smaller uke mm-hmm. groups where like ensembles. Yeah. You know, and we really uh, we both really like arranging and things like that and showing people how mm-hmm. to arrange. Yeah. That way they can create um, their own sound mm-hmm. and be able to have just a, a better sounding group. Mm. 
So a question for you. So you, you, you have a master's in music education. Yes. So when so you're, you, you're teaching music in general or, mm-hmm. um, or ukulele? I teach music through the ukulele. Nice. Oh, so okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Like at, at the school where I'm at, it's just ukulele. Oh, that's we have a piano. I use it for choir. Yeah. Um, I don't think I can teach a class how to play piano with one piano. No. Uh, we have an electric piano, but it's kind of it's kind of tough to balance that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just what I use. Nice. I use James Hill's ukulele oh, okay. in the class. So are you are awesome. you doing loji then? Yes. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. We have all sopranos, maybe two concerts. Loji doesn't really work that well. Um, just recently, so we, I got the Aquila four colored kids strings. Oh. They're only in high G, uh-huh. and um. I decided, okay, I'm going to switch because there's a lot of songs some of the groups are doing now where you need a low G. Mm-hmm. And I decided to get guitar strings, classical mm. guitar strings. They're so floppy. Oh, it's they're really uh, hard to tune. And the kids know right away. They're like, <laughs> even if it's in tune, they're like, something's wrong. Yeah, It's like, I understand. It's soprano. And yes. I'm trying to put a low G on it. It doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I... I prefer to have that extra range yeah. for the sake of music theory. Yeah. Because yeah. I tell them all the time, I'm not teaching you how to play ukulele. I am, but that's not the end goal. I yeah. want to teach you how to play music. Yeah. And then right. you can do anything else because we don't have everything you want. Yeah. Um, right. That's cool. That's awesome. But yeah, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't remember how I got sucked into it, but <laughs> uh, this is my last year. I'm, I'm going back. I don't know if I'll ever stop going back to the workshops in Toronto just because mm-hmm. I love it. Aww. But, um, yeah, that's what I do. Oh, that's that's awesome. <laughs> and that's I try great. to play my own stuff also. I'm I'm always really interested in like where's the ukulele going as an instrument yeah. as of like a musical experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think you guys are awesome. You do oh. both. <laughs> so it's like... Well, thank you. Thank you. So how, how long have you been like, into the ukulele? It's really hard to say. Um, so my second son is five. Before he was born, I got a... I believe I got a Makala and it was kind of like a joke. I don't know why I got it. Um, and then sometime after that, I, I realized I could get a really nice Pono. Oh. So I bought a Pono from Uku Public, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And then when I got that, it just blew my mind because of the solid top. Yeah. It was Acacia, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think at that point, I, that's when I realized the ukulele can sound really nice. Mm-hmm. I was primarily, a whatever player you mm. know i play guitar i play bass i can kind of play drum set i i did play marimba i don't have one i had one but i sold it because it takes up so much space oh, yeah. um of course i play piano it's more of a necessity like i'm a music teacher i need to know how to play piano especially leading a choir but um it was from that point that i started uh somehow found out about the that workshop and realized oh i can use this in my classroom Yay! and eventually yeah. we got a donation of a bunch of ukuleles and that's when i started teaching oh, great. ukuleles um yeah i love the way he goes through it um it's always a little tough because i i always prefer the like the gordon method where it's the kids need to play and then you can teach them how to read and yeah. instruct them kind of mm. like you learn how to speak and walk before you actually write learn grammar and, yeah yeah it's um so uh I don't exactly know my path, but after the Pono, eventually I splurged on a Koaloha, and then I splurged on a Kanilea, and I was like, mind-blowing, it just gets better. Um, I got one with the numbers inlaid on Mm. the frets, so it helps to teach. Um, Right. 
I tried like collared strings, like the same as mm-hmm. what I had for the kids, but I really didn't like the sound. So it's like, yeah. I'm only willing to do so much. <laughs> yes. Because uh, oh, um, the strings that I use now, they're they're South Coast. So they're partially clear and partially metallic. They're not always easy to see, but I don't know. There's there's only so many things I can do to help yeah. yes. my students where it's like, you know, <laughs> yes. I can only be in your face so oh, much. Wow. There's other students here. Yes. Um, I got a GoPro and sometimes I'll record mm-hmm. yeah. like a close of my hands for my students. Oh, nice. And they're like, oh, that's great. But I don't know if they use them. Mm. But anyway. And hey, they've got them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, they're playing Brahms and uh, old American traditionals, all the stuff in James Hill's book. So it's it's I think it's amazing that's awesome. what they can do. Um, yeah. They're the cheap little mahalos, the sparkly. We have some makala sharks, and then I don't know what the concerts are, but um, we need to get more concerts, mm. at least for the sake of Ologi. It'll work right. better. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. That's so awesome. That, that's where I'm at. Yay. <laughs> now, where are you hoping that the ukulele kind of goes at this? Because you've been in it for a while now, and, and mm. I'm curious to kind of see... Even even just watching the uke scene in general just kind of changed in the last mm-hmm. five, ten years. Like, where, where are you hoping, do you think, uh, that the ukulele goes? Well, um, I was talking with uh, James Hill about this, like the idea that the ukulele would become like a session uke player. You know, like mm. it would just be in everything because mm-hmm. anywhere you have music being made, there are guitar players and they'll play anything. And it's pretty much standard that they're going to be on this type of track, whatever the genre is. Right. Um, you know, they wouldn't really be on EDM, but sometimes they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And he said something very similar to this. I don't know if it should be that prominent, but I like the idea that um, ukulele by itself can be like its own voice. Mm-hmm. So whenever people like even I do this, they play a cover of something that was on something else and it works on the ukulele. It's like, it's really cool. But then is the ukulele doing what it's really good at? Um, oh, okay, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I love campanella because mm. the ukulele can do that really right. well. And not a lot of instruments can really do that to the same level. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I play, uh, I tend to double it with an octave pedal so mm. that it's eight strings. So yeah. I'm kind of cheating, <laughs> but it still fans up the sound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I really love that direction of more effects and yeah. kind of reverby. Mm-hmm. I never really liked distortion on ukulele because mm-hmm. I feel like it's already in rock guitar. Yeah. I don't right. think I, the ukulele shines at that. Not that it's, you know, some people want to play that and right. that's totally cool. But yeah. in terms of where it's going, I think it's still being figured out. I'm still figuring it out myself. Oh, yeah. um, I wrote one song. It's on an EP that I'm, it's being mastered right now for Ooh, a shameless plug. Um, I'm really proud of it because uh, this song, I play an A shape, and then I'm sliding up somewhere. (laughs) See, I could play it. I can't really explain it. And then I slide down somewhere else. The E and the A strings are almost Mm -hmm. always ringing, Mm -hmm. and then I have basically the bass strings moving around. I think it sounds really awesome. Cool. Um, Maybe I could do that on another instrument, but I feel like for that song, it really works well. So things like that, I'd have to play it for you to know what I'm talking about, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's still being figured out. Where's the ukulele going? I like the idea that it's not just a music learning tool. It's really its own thing. It's still really quiet, which Mm -hmm. sometimes is bad. Like, I have to be mic'd sometimes. Yeah. Um, Like, I was playing with a violin the other day. Oh, those are loud. No way. No way. Yeah, Yeah, those are built Um, to be loud. Yeah. Uh, You You know, it it matches with the voice really well, acoustically. Yeah. Yeah. But just um, give them a mute next time you play with them. They'll love that. Or have a mute. Or just a towel. What about just that? Does that work? 
<laughs> Something could totally kill the sound. Yeah. I can't bow this with the, with the towel that's the gets point. in the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you need to get one of these and ukulele. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm always ex- curious to see what other instrumentalists think yeah. when they move to the ukulele, what they can do with it, because uh, that's where I feel playing other instruments. I feel like that's where the idea comes from of like, what can I do with this that's different? Mm-hmm. Even low G, I feel is like a little cheating because it's kind of a guitar, but still, it's it's still different. Well, you yeah. just have to play it differently. I look yeah. at low G, so high G and low G to me are two different instruments, mm-hmm, and so I will play a low G a certain way versus mm-hmm. the high G, um, and then there's just different approaches to both instruments mm-hmm. just because of how it is. So in a way, I see what you mean though about like it's kind of like a guitar, <laughs> but um, but there's still, it's still to me, it's like it's still valid. Mm-hmm. But you just there are certain tricks well, that each dep- of them it, have. It just depends what you want, you know. And the ones that want to play loji like uh, at ukulele will take the time to kind of configure things and, and work right. on the arrangements. Where you see a lot of these guitar players that will just jump in and, and play exactly how they would play their guitar, and it's mm-hmm. you know, and it's okay. But it, yeah. but it does take away kind of what makes the ukulele special mm-hmm. in that sense when you when you just. Kind yeah. of jump into it. I mean, it loses a little bit of the uniqueness yeah. of the low G, but it's, I mean, even it still has nylon strings. That itself is a big difference, mm-hmm. uh, the body resonance. But yep. yeah, it's like, where is it going? I don't know. But it, there's, n- it's not like there's a rush. Like We need to put it somewhere. No. Yeah. It needs no. to fit somewhere. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, like that song I was mentioning of yours, I feel like that's like the perfect space for it. Mm. That sort of stuff. Of course, mm-hmm. Hawaiian music. Um, yeah. Anything else, I feel like it changes it a lot. You know, like if you play um, I'm Yours by Jason Mraz, he doesn't play an ukulele on that. No. A lot of people think he does, but he doesn't. And it's kind of like, you know, that's not the ukulele's territory. It's okay if you play it, but um, where is it going? I don't know. (laughs) We could talk about it forever, probably. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I like like being able to push it somewhere um, and not feel like it's forced. Uh, Like uh, Ka'au Crater Boys, Mm. they do a great job of just putting it right where it shines you know like all, all everything about their music it's if, like, if it wasn't for troy uh, honestly i mean he really paved the way of like that perfect like lead ukulele sound mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a small group setting i mean yeah. it really did like it, it, especially you know growing up i mean that was that was the guy that he inspired so many people to pick up the ukulele and play it not as a rhythm instrument mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and that was incredible yeah, he, he's yeah, he's yeah. great. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of sad because I moved from Apple Music to Spotify just mm. for um, I'm on the family plan and there's only like two songs from <laughs> oh them. No. It's oh all, no, their libraries on Apple Music uh. or at least at least one of the CDs that I would listen to a lot. Oh bummer. Um, so I need to just buy the album. Yes. I need to stop streaming. I think it's better income. I don't know. Yeah, I think it, we it, get like point zero zero three percent of a cent. Like Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Apple Music is better. Um, of course, if they just give you the money directly, that's the best. But uh, yes, yes, very, very true. But oh, yeah, like man. the the idea of one of the most famous ukulele songs, "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." Yep. Yeah. It's just it's just chords and singing. It's really beautiful, but it's kind of like I think it could do more. "White Sandy Beach" by yes, Israel. I uh, love that. It's song. one of my favorite songs, and I think like that's another yep. example of like this is what we should be doing. <laughs> well, and it's funny that actually, so both Craig and I, 
um, though we love Somewhere Over the Rainbow, we both kind of refuse to play it. And it's because um, it's, I mean, so whenever anybody asks. I have some asks, horror stories. Yes, that I, I don't we don't know need to I get should. into it now. But, um, but yeah, but whenever oh. it, people usually say, oh, do you know, do you know what is? Can you do that song? And I actually play White Sandy Beach. That's the song I pull out. <laughs> I know that song. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> you know, because White Sandy Beach is, I, I agree. It's such a beautiful song, mm-hmm. the sentiment in it. And I love the picking pattern and stuff that he does. And it's just, it's a, yeah, to me, I love Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Do not get me wrong. But it is like it because it's mm-hmm. the most requested song and things yeah. like that. Eventually, it's the free bird of the ukulele, right? Yeah. So for me, I'm just like, no, let me let's let's play something that's prettier. Yeah. You know, yeah. after we're done, I'll share my stories. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's intense. Oh, but um, but yeah, yeah. I try to I try to I, I have a high G and a low G, just mm. you know two ooks, so I can constantly. Um, I feel like my my ideas come out better on the low G and I'm always bummed because I, I practice, I practice a lot on the, the high G, but I can never really get beyond writing a song of my own. That Mm. is that kind of, you know, I can play them and I can play the chords and, you know, stuff works well and I enjoy it. But then I get to that. I can't reach that level of white Sandy beach. That's that's what I want to get to. Well, One thing, (laughs) one thing I actually, um, that really helped me with high G cause I played a lot of low G before, uh, meeting Craig and, actually arranging different chord melody songs mm-hmm. on a high G just um, and making yourself use, use that, that high G yeah. string as a, a melody string. Mm-hmm. You really, um, you really learn a lot about the instrument and just the different ways of utilizing it. For example, there's the song, all of me. If you play it in the key of C, mm-hmm. you can hold your basic shapes and your and one of your melody notes is usually on that G string at some point mm-hmm. while you hold your basic shape, and yeah. it's pretty amazing looking at that and going, "Oh, I don't have to add this here or whatever." And so for me, arranging, spe- making myself arrange specifically on a high G uh-huh. made me appreciate it. Mm. So that's that's just one of those things. It's time, but. Um, because I'm a total nerd. I love to arrange. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm going to sit down and do this. And so I'll like spend all day, you know, doing like three or four arrangements of mm-hmm. tunes and things. Um, but that's what made me yeah. finally be like, yes, this is <laughs> great. Because you can also, if you play melody notes up on that high string and chords you're already holding, um, you can actually play some songs faster than you could have mm. if you played a low G. Yeah, that sounds like a good workshop. Moving oh, yeah. the melody to the high G. I know a lot of my students notice right away because, uh, especially in the beginning, we do a lot of open string mm-hmm. melodies, and some of them will just refuse to play G on the <laughs> second string, yeah. the third fret, and it's yeah. like you know, okay, here we go. We're already, yeah. you're doing a better job, and yeah. you know, so many people, you got the melody, you're reading the notes, and yeah. you're playing. Okay, that's awesome, and it's already like a really good finger picking exercise if you oh, put the yeah. melody there. Yeah. So it's getting you started. And also strumming too. If you watch one of my idols is a guy named Benny Chong. Mm-hmm. A lot of times he you'll see him do up strums yeah. cut to get to the melody mm-hmm. on that string. So it's still a chord. And so that's part of how he gets when you watch him, you can see him get his speed because it's up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Because mm-hmm. every other note, the melody is on that mm-hmm. G string. It's really like, yeah. whoa, when you watch yeah, him play. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, Craig. Sarah, yeah. <laughs> thanks for doing this. Um, oh, yeah. Do you have anything awesome coming out that we need to know about 
like an album or <laughs> where where so will we be teaching well, next? We have a st- well teaching next. Well, I think next weekend we'll be in Vancouver for the Vancouver okay. Uke Fest. Awesome. Then, then we'll be at in the Reno. big Reno Uke Fest the following weekend, mm. and then in La Cruces. No, 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 oh, uh, no. Denver. Oh, Denver. Denver Uke <laughs> Fest. The next weekend, <laughs> and then the weekend after that is Las Cruces. Yes. So it's we won't be home for a while, but yes. um. <laughs> If, if you're listening to this, you might have missed these, but anyway, it's okay. We they're, we they're all over. We'll be yes. we'll be near you soon. I promise. Yes. So. Yeah, but we've got our online school that mm-hmm. we've had for two years, and um, That's been a lot of fun. One of our most favorite things is when we go to a festival. We'll usually have several of our online students come up to us, and mm. um, because the way our online school works, we have video exchanges mm-hmm. with the students. So we actually get to know many of them. Mm-hmm. And so it's neat to go to a festival and go, oh my gosh, it's Pam. Hey, like we recognize yeah. them and we are, we get to hang out with them. And even those that haven't done the exchanges, they'll still come up to us and say, I'm too shy to do an exchange, but I've been taking your classes. So there, yeah, so that's always something that we, we love when our students come yeah, out. But we have a, a standards album that we just finished is actually yes. being mixed and mastered right now. Right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that'll be that'll awesome. be a lot of fun. Yes. And then we'll be working on another uh, a sequel to our original album uh, from a couple years back um, later this year. So yeah, um, I can't wait. Got oh. some writing to do. It's <laughs> yes. exciting. Awesome. Well, um, thanks again for joining me. Thank you for yeah, having thanks us. Thanks for having us. All right, and that's gonna do it for today's episode. Please remember, if you would like to win a set of crystal colored koloha strings all you need to do is leave a review on itunes thank you so much to everyone that's already left them after you leave them you also need to send me an email at podcast at ukuleleabe.com it's very important because otherwise i won't be able to find you and give you the strings once i pick the winner in june so i have one new review from ukulele jess ukulele jess says thank you for this wonderful podcast i'm a musician and a teacher hey just like me and have already incorporated what i'm learning in this podcast into my students ukulele lessons that is so amazing to hear thank you so much jess um this is really why i'm doing this as a teacher and a player i long for this kind of just sharing and helping and little tips and tricks so it's it really means so much to me to hear that um, you're using something from this that you're getting something out of this Um, i hope you enjoyed that interview Uh, make sure you check out craig and sarah's website it will be linked in the description and if you'd like to hear my album it's also at my website ukuleleabe.com and um Stay tuned for the next Allegheny Ukulele Soiree special coming out as soon as possible. I'll talk to you later. Aloha. Ukulele, ah.